where our feet wander, you are always there looking to draw us back when we wander away. No matter how deep things get, no matter how difficult things get, you're always there to help us with a hand outreach, outstretched to us, Lord God. So, Father, I thank you that no matter where we wander, no matter how difficult things get, you're always there for us to pull us up, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and help us through. Father, as we call upon you and as we ask for guidance from your Holy Spirit to lead us and navigate through the challenges of life, you're always there to help us, to pour out your abundant peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord God, let this be a reality for us, a deeper reality that you're always there. You're always there for us. Even when we don't feel like you're there, we can't go based on our feelings. We go based on faith a lot of times, trusting you. Father, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. Lord God, that we would see you for the, the loving, gracious Father that you really are. That you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Father, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning. That we would walk away changed. Not because we come to another Sunday morning service, but because we've encountered you. And you've touched our hearts. And you've shared your love with us. You've poured your love into our hearts, God. Let that be the reality of what takes place. And we pray all these things with expectation. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to welcome you all here this morning. Thank you so much for joining us and entering into worship. And I want to remind you about the membership class next Sunday. There's no pressure to join. If you want to just come and check it out and see what Life Fellowship is all about, we'd love to have you join us. At this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth, a very special service plan this morning, Mr. Jason Lucas, to come and share the word. Would you welcome him to the platform? He's an awesome man of God, and he has a good word to share with us this morning, so I'll turn it over to you, Jason. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm so excited to see each and every one of you here. I'm going to go ahead and warn you in advance, though, because I'm going to be talking about a dirty word today, a dirty word, the S word, a word considered so vile that not many churches are comfortable talking about it. I can tell you it starts with the letter S, and it's not uttered in many households. I'm going to talk about something that is not really understood. I'm going to talk about submission to authority today. Uh, I know, I know, that dirty word submission. Some of you already tuned out the words I'm saying, but don't do that. Because if you do, I think you're going to miss a jewel of the Christian life. If this is such an important topic, a jewel of the Christian life, like I just said, how come Pastor Mark isn't teaching on it? The reason is, is that I asked Pastor Mark if he would mind me teaching on authority. Because I believe it is such an important principle for us to grasp, and I thought it would be received better from a person directly under the same authority every one of you is under. Have any of you ever been in authority before? Now, could you imagine sitting there and talking to the group and saying, you need to come under my authority because this and blank and blah. And, you know, it'd be really hard. Submission to authority is already a hard concept to grasp, much less teach on without sounding conceited if you are the authority. 
Although if anyone could do it with a humble spirit, it would probably be Pastor Mark or Pastor Christine. So I thank you in advance for allowing me to teach on this again. Now, as a person who falls under Pastor Mark's authority, I can say it is a good place to be. When you truly begin to understand what authority is all about, you will start to have comfort being under it. Which brings me to my first point. Trust is vital. Now, there are plenty of examples of human authority we encounter in daily life, such as that of parents over children, husbands over wives, teachers over students, bosses over subordinates, policemen or judges over ordinary citizens. God also gives spiritual authority to some people over those under their care. So the question I have to ask in relation to spiritual authority is, do you trust the person over you to seek the Lord's will in relation to your church's direction as well as the direction of your own life? I couldn't imagine getting godly advice from somebody who wasn't living a godly life. That, was like, that would be like getting advice on how to quit smoking from somebody who's still smoking. Or, even better, how to get advice on what tastes good from a skinny chef. <laughs> Not going to happen. Now, we are blessed at Life Fellowship for many reasons. We have world-class musicians that lead our worship every week. And we have some of the most loving volunteers in the world. And we also, we fall under the authority of someone who does seek the Lord's guidance for the direction of the church, for the direction of our spiritual walk. The head of this church goes as far as to seek the Lord on whether or not he should make a particular phone call. It is easy to fall under that authority. Let's start with the things that occur when you step outside of godly authority. Just as sheep are under the care of their shepherd, we are under the care of our pastor. And just as sheep who wander away from their shepherd put themselves in danger from a, of an attack from the enemy, we do as well through rebellion, disunity, and distance. These are all things that go in direct opposition to the values that Pastor Mark has been teaching us since the inception of Life Fellowship. Love, prayer, obedience, Humility, teachability, unity, and service. John 10.10 puts it pretty plainly. But these purposes to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now it is important that we remain under the authority that God has established for us. We need to be deliberate in staying within the sheepfold. There are several examples of those who do not submit to authority. There are two outstanding ones that came to my attention as I was getting prepared for this message, and they are found in Numbers 12 and Numbers 16. Now Moses was a most humble man whom God had appointed as the leader of Israel. Miriam and Aaron, his older sister and brother, they found fault with him, and then they openly questioned why they should even listen to him, because they felt that they were equally spiritual. In another case, Korah and some of his friends started a rebellion against Moses because he, they thought that Moses was going too far, and exalting himself, which was actually far from the truth. In both these cases, God came down severely on those who rebelled against authority. So it is important to stay within the sheepfold of those God has placed in authority over us, especially in spiritual matters. When, within the fold, there is protection, there is love, and there is companionship. Outside of the fold, there is darkness, there is evil, and there is loneliness. I like to think of it as a spiritual battlefield. Now, how many of you have seen the movie Gladiator? All right. Well, that, there's a particular scene in which Maximus, a former general, sold into slavery after a disagreement with Emperor Commodus. He is forced to fight as a gladiator in the Roman Colosseum. Now, he is a highly trained soldier, as the entire Roman army was at that time. One of the vital parts of their success was their ability to lock shields in battle. 
This video showed an example of that. Their shields became their covering. It protected them against the onslaught of the enemy chariots. If one of them had lost their ability to hold his shield, they would immediately shift ranks to close the gap. They understood that without this covering, that we're at great risk. And we should be aware that without the spiritual covering of godly authority, it is like being thrown to the wolves, literally. John 10, 11 goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Just as Jesus laid down his life for us on a spiritual and physical level, our pastor lays down his life daily for us. It's not about him. It's about each and every one of us sitting in here today. I cannot count on my fingers and toes how many times the pastor has called to check on me or others that are sitting here today. He doesn't have to do that, although by doing so, it is proof that our, per, our pastor is worthy of honor. To honor our pastor is also scripturally based. So if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, the New Living Translation puts it like this. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Now, some of your references should say that a pastor deserves to receive double honor. Not just honor, but honor, honor. A double helping of what is given to others. Now, Paul, he's giving great advice to Timothy in relation to church affairs and leadership. And there are many ways to honor those in leadership over you. But the best way, in my opinion, is to truly follow under their authority. Now, I want to give you an example of that today. Now, say Pastor Mark called me into his office because he wanted to talk about the, a direction that he felt that a group I was leading should go in. But I disagreed. Now, Pastor Mark, he's a loving leader. Okay, he loves me enough that he's going to listen to my objections. But as a spiritual head of life fellowship, the decision would be his to make. I have two options on how to respond when I leave his office. I can go to my team or group and I can say, <sighs> Pastor Mark says we have to do it from this way, this way from now on. I don't agree, but you know, he's the boss. He runs it. It's, he's in charge. Or I can share the news of the changes in full support of his decisions. Now, which one of those is true submission to authority? Now, I can tell you that the first choice would result in disunity in the church, would go, which would go directly against one of our core values that we talked about earlier, unity. I can show honor to Pastor Mark by falling under his authority in the right way. Another great example of honoring those in authority over you is given by Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine. Just look at the honor they gave to their pastor from Corpus Christi, Pastor Don, when he visited us not that long ago. It was a blessing to have him visit our church, and he was treated with respect, honor, and love during his entire visit. He was honored as a visiting dignitary. It's not like we became court jesters or anything, acting out for his amusement. We didn't place him on a throne, but rather in the way that Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine honored him and were thankful for his presence. They came under his authority for many years, and they were fed spiritually by him and by his leadership. You know, this is how we should be when Pastor Mark or Pastor Christine visits one of our groups. Now, some of you may be asking the, the all-important question, why did God even set up authority? Aren't we all equal anyway? In one sense, we are all the same. As far as God is concerned, he loves us all, and he has no partiality. Romans 2, verses 9 through 11 shows us that. Verse 9 says, There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. Verse 10 says, But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. And verse 11, most importantly, says, For God does not show favoritism. By setting up someone as an authority over us, God is not saying that someone is more, more important to him than another. But authority is required in order to maintain order and discipline. 
Authority is also required to guide people in the right path for their own good. For example, parents who watch over their children, they both plan and care for the children, but they also discipline the children so that it might go well with them in every way. The policemen who guide the traffic help to keep everything in order so that people may not get hurt. Could you imagine a world in which there was no order and no possibility of discipline? It would be absolute chaos. Now, one of the hard questions, why should wives submit to their husbands, especially in these modern days? Now, it may seem strange at first when you look at the fact that modern wives may be more or less on an equal footing in many ways. When wives are also educated and earn as much as their husbands, or perhaps are more educated and earn more than their husbands, it may look as though it is unrealistic to expect wives to submit. But remember, God is never unrealistic. And, that he, and he never makes unfair rules. This arrangement in the family is what he has made in order to keep order and discipline in the family. Someone has to make the final decisions. The way God has designed man and woman and the family, it is the husband who is the head of the family. This means that the husband will be held accountable for the decisions that arise in the home. Husbands, listen. Whether you are taking your rightful place as the head of the household or not, you will be held accountable. Wives, you will be held accountable for whether or not you allowed your husband to leave. Now, Pastor Mark, he taught on a similar topic not that long ago. He said something that's stuck in my mind since then. And he said, men, if you have strong wives, you need to become stronger. When God says that in the home the husband is the head of the wife, it does not mean that the wife is inferior or less important than the husband. The historical practice of men treating their wives as if they were slaves or second-class citizens was totally wrong. In God's sight, they are both joint heirs of the grace of life. 1 Peter 3, 7, uh, chapter 3, verse 7 says it this way. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. I'm going to read that last sentence of that again. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Husbands. Your prayers will be hindered if you do not show honor to your wives. It's scripture. It says it right here. There's also no difference between men and women spiritually. Galatians 3.28 tells us, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, the best example of authority or equality within authority is the Trinity. Okay, where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are all equal, but yet the Son still submits to the Father. While we recognize this order or hierarchy for decision-making, we must not forget that none of us is complete without the others. There are many things that husbands need to discuss with their wives. There should be time for expressing differences of opinion and discussing them. There must be a willingness to listen and make changes when we see somebody has a better suggestion. In the name of authority and submission, many homes tend to create dictators and that any expression of dissent is considered as rebellion. That's not the way that God intended it to be. We must also remember that there may be things on which we may not be able to agree. And if these aren't crucial items, we need to take a step back in the name of love and peace to agree and to, to disagree until we can have a better understanding of the situation. Now, Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine, they are amazing examples of authority acted out in love. But our greatest example of submission to authority was given to us by the authority himself, Jesus. 
The one who had all authority fell under the authority of his earthly parents as a child. You don't think he knew a better way to build a chair or a table than Joseph did? Of course he did. But he did it the way his earthly father Joseph taught him and expected him to do. Or what about in the Garden of Gethsemane? When his earthly body cried out for, for relief from what he was about to undertake, his submission to authority made him respond with, not my will, but yours, Father. There are more examples of Jesus than I can include in this teaching, but servant leadership was created by the authority who was willing to fall under authority. The principles of authority are relatively simple. I'm going to list some of the reasons we should welcome the opportunity to fall under godly authority. And the first one is the most important. God tells us to. Open your Bibles to Romans 13, verses 1 through 3. Or turn in your iPads. Whatever. Either way. Verse 1. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. You may be asking yourself, who are these governing authorities? Well, if you're a child still living at home, it's your parents. If you have a job, it's your boss. If you drive on these roads, it's the Department of Motor Vehicles. Verse 2. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Now, there are many examples of this form of rebellion that I can use. Some of them can be really obvious, such as refusing to do what your boss tells you to do. As long as it's not immoral or goes against God's word, we can refuse then. God's given us permission. Okay? But some of them can be not so obvious. Just Pastor Mark gave an example a few weeks ago of Pastor Don asking him to read a scripture, but instead he quoted a scripture. Do you all remember when he talked about that? Both are forms of rebellion and disobedience. Verse 3. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Now, that's a question we can ask ourselves today. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Here it is. Here's the answer. Do what is right, and they will honor you. And reason number two, remember the first reason was God tells us to. The second one, there is peace in letting others be accountable. Say you have a boss who wants things a certain way every time. The report has, needs to be in a certain format, or the fries need to be cooked a certain way, whatever yeah. your work is. Whether you think there's a better way to do it or not, ultimately, if you do it the way you were asked, you're, you're no longer accountable for the results. The person over you is accountable for the success or failure of the item you submitted because you did it exactly the way they told you to do. There is peace in knowing that you are not responsible for everything. How many of y'all don't want to be responsible for everything? Amen. Man, it's nice to have a little bit of peace to that. You know, our pastor is accountable to God for leading us. Husbands, you are accountable to God in relation to your households. Members of Life Fellowship should relish the opportunity to fall under true authority, true godly authority. As husbands, we should strive to be that godly authority in our homes so that our wives find comfort in being submissive to that authority. And reason number three, first reason God tells us to. Second, there is peace in letting others be accountable. And reason number three is to protect yourself from the enemy. Now, 1 Peter 5.8 talks about how the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So stay alert. That was the most aggressive lion I could find, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, every, other, every other lion video had them like, I don't know. That was aggressive, though, wasn't it? All right, so stay alert. Roaring lion. Roaring lion. Stepping outside the protection of godly authority 
is tantamount to being a sheep stepping out of the confines of a shepherd's care. We put ourselves in spiritual danger when we step outside of godly authority. Before you begin to think that the one in authority has a cushy job, though, remember, no authority is without responsibility. Those who have authority have a serious responsibility over the others. The Bible says that those who have spiritual responsibility over others have to give an account for those others to God. Now, I want you to think about your normal work day. Well, think about my normal work day. We wake up in the morning and we get ready for work or we get the kids ready for school. We head to the office of the work site and we begin our day. At the predetermined time, we clock out and we head, we head to lunch. We break for lunch. Then we head back to the office to finish, uh, finish the rest of our day. And then at another predetermined time, we clock out and we head to the house to spend the evening with our family. There may be a few interruptions in the evening for work-related stuff, but probably not many. We are so blessed to have a shepherd that doesn't clock out at the end of the day. Being a pastor is not a job. It's a calling. It does not end at the end of the day. It is a 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 day a year job. Or calling, rather, because I just said it wasn't a job. It's not a role to be taken lightly. Luke 17, 2 says, It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. When you get home, Google a millstone and see how big a millstone is. You're not going to swim up if it's tied around your neck, I can assure you. In other words, it's pretty serious business. And reason number four why we should welcome falling under godly authority, it shows our faith in God. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. Or your iPads, iPhones, whatever. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Verse 6, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Verse 7, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Verse 8, but the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Verse 9, I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Jesus, uh, verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. I'm going to pause there for a second. Jesus was amazed. Jesus created the universe, and he was amazed at the faith of the centurion. That, that amazes me that he was amazed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Now, the centurion understood authority and how it worked. He was in authority over a group of soldiers. He recognized, but he also recognized that he was under authority to others, including Jesus. It was this understanding that made him say, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. It was the display of that understanding that had Jesus proclaiming that the centurion had shown the greatest faith he had seen in Israel. To put it simply, you cannot be in authority unless you are willing to come under authority. Now, I want to talk about some lessons from the bench. That's not what I just said about being in authority unless you're willing to come under authority. It's not something that I recognized, that I understood how to do. I'm going to have a tile moment with y'all for just a minute. Now, tile stands for transparent, authentic, and honest. That truth I didn't understand. 
when I first got to Life Fellowship. I walked in the door as if I was a star player who just got drafted. I was a Javion Clowney of Life Fellowship. I was ready to hit the field running, and I didn't understand why the coach, Pastor Mark, in this instance, he put me on the bench. Now, I admit, in the beginning, I was a little frustrated. I didn't realize that my heart wasn't right. I didn't want to lead, and I didn't want to preach for what I could offer others. I wanted to lead, and I wanted to preach so I could get the adulation from others. I needed a major, major heart change. And I also needed healing from the, the wounds that I received at my last church. But more than anything, I just needed to rest in the Lord for a little while. Now, Pastor Mark, he recognized these things and acted accordingly, even though I didn't really want him to. You see, he loved me enough to not give me what I wanted, but rather to give me what I needed. Now, I learned a few lessons from the bench during that time, such as you need to spend some time soaking up the DNA of Life Fellowship because it's great DNA. God has poured into Life Fellowship. Spend some time soaking it up. I also needed to spend some time building a relationship with Pastor Mark. This platform that I'm standing on, this is hollowed ground. It belongs to God, and it is given to Pastor Mark to pass along the things that God desires for us to learn. That being said, Pastor Mark must be very cautious in turning over this platform to anyone speaking to you. And trust me, he is. Rightfully so. He must be able to trust that the person has his, yours, and God's best interests at heart. This is part of being a shepherd over us. He protects us from those who would desire to lead us astray. The most important thing I learned from the bench was how to fall under godly authority. And as I said before, it's a good place to be when that authority has your best interests at heart as those carrying the mantle of authority do here at Life Fellowship. So in closing, I ask you to do the following. Take time to consider what it means for you to come under authority as well as what it means for you to be an authority. When you get that right, it's much easier to live it. Now, in speaking of live it, Life Fellowship has a gift for each of you today to help remind you to live it every day. It's a little bracelet, a little silicone bracelet. It simply says live it. Now, I want you to take these, wear these into work, remind you to live your Christian walk every day. Wear it to school to remind you. And when someone asks you what it means, be prepared to give an answer. It's a reminder that I need to live under godly authority and the authority of God every day. It is a reminder that my relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship in my life. And it's a reminder that I may be the only example of a Christ follower that someone encounters that day. And I refuse to give a bad impression. Thank you. Pastor Mark. Well, that's a tough subject to teach on. It's a very important concept to understand. And here at Life Fellowship, the team leaders are servant leaders. Our role as a, a leader is to serve the body. Ministry means serving. When I began to understand this concept about submission to authority, because I was not always submitted to authority. I was more rebellious to authority a lot of times than submitted to. 
But when I began to understand that when I would serve my boss or I would serve my pastor or those people that were over me in the manner in which that I wanted to be served, if I were in that position, God began to do something in my heart. God began to elevate me and promote me as well. And I'm not talking about just trying to suck up to somebody. I'm talking about with a genuine heart of, of really serving them in the manner in which you would want to be served if you were in that position. And so if you are in a position of authority and you have people under you, treat them well. Serve them. You will get more out of them probably than, than beating them with a stick every time you have the opportunity. So this is a great sermon, a great lesson for us. Thank you, Jason. We have some great team leaders, all of our team leaders. You may be sitting here thinking today, well, is there a problem? There's not a problem. <laughs> There's not a problem going on. Jason is a great example of submission to authority. Anything I ask him to do, Jason, will you do this? And I'm not talking about drinking the Kool-Aid, okay? I'm not saying just you jump through hoops because I ask you to. Uh, God doesn't expect us to check our brain at the door. I do want you to know that we are prayerful about the things that go on here at Life Fellowship. The team leaders, they're expected to pray and, and always be looking out for the teams, building relationships, because it's all about love. Guys, God has called us to impact the world, and it's going to take a lot of us working together. And uh, as a team leader or someone serving on a team, unity is really important. So it, it's important not only here at church, at Life Fellowship, but it's important in your community. It's important in your job. Does anybody have a neighbor that's difficult to get along with, that's stirring things up? And a lot of times when, when we see those things happening, uh, somebody just needs to know that they're loved. And it begins with knowing that God loves them. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your, close your eyes. You're here this morning and God is tugging on your heart. Maybe you had a relationship with him at one point in time, but you've walked away. Or maybe you've never really had a relationship with him. And, and, you, and you really sense that God is tugging on your heart this morning. Would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. There's no shame in that. The greatest authority in heaven and on earth is Jesus. That's what it says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. And when we come under his authority, when we submit our life to him, when we give our life to him, God begins to make changes in our heart, and it's, it's for good. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. Anybody here this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that we can trust you. And I pray that we would all come to a greater understanding of that reality that we can trust you that we can give our life to you, that we can submit our life to you, knowing that you care for us, that you are looking out for us, and that you want the best for us. So, Father, I pray, regardless of what station in life we're at, where we are in our spiritual journey and our spiritual walk, that we would continue to step out in faith and trust you more and yield every area of our life to you. We thank you for that. Jesus' name. In closing, uh, please take a, a, please come up and, and take two or three of these and, and wear them and, and pass them out if you want. Also, this is probably going to be the conclusion of this series, Salvation, and we still have some of these sheets. I want to encourage you, if you've missed any of this series, to go online and listen to those sermons because it's really, really critical. And here's a cheat sheet. 
It's a sheet that has what we covered during the series, and there's some scriptures on here that talk about salvation because we need to know what salvation is. We need to understand that we are saved. What does Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says? We are saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works. Salvation is not a reward for the good works that we have done. Salvation is simply the, the completion of, of the forgiveness of all of our sins that Christ paid on the cross. And we just simply receive His grace and mercy and forgiveness for all of our sins. And there's nothing that you have done or anyone else has ever done that is, is too far, that God can't reach them. No matter how far our feet may wander, God is there for us. And there's a lost and dying world needs to know that. There are people in your life that need to know that, that need to know that God really loves them. Maybe you're here today and maybe you need to know that on a greater level. This sheet has a, a number of scriptures. There's a lot of scriptures here that you can share with others that may have questions about salvation. What is it all about? Why do I need to be saved? Those sermons cover all those, and, and those scriptures cover a lot of those as well. So please, take some of these, take some of these wristbands and, and wear them. Most importantly, allow God to fill your heart to overflowing with His love so that we can continue to impact a lost and dying world, not only this community and the communities surrounding us, but people all across the world. And we're doing that, and, and I know that God has called us to do that on a greater level, and it's going to take every one of us. And first, we need to submit to Christ. We need to su submit to the ultimate authority and yield our life to Him and say, God, what do you have for me today? Who do you want me to minister to today? Who can I love on? How can I share the hope of Christ with those people that are difficult. You have a great opportunity. You have an opportunity that nobody else in the world has but you. You have a lot of those opportunities. So let's see them and let's seize them. Will you join me this week in going out and living it and making a difference in the world? Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for joining us. There will be some people up here for prayer if you would like prayer. And uh, remember, next Sunday night is uh, membership class. See you on Wednesday at 7 for Bible study. Go out and live it. Love you.